Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Thank you for joining us for another episode. As always, we would like to thank Adrian Sanabria for the intro music of the Chaos Plan, and the in-game music was brought to you by TabletopAudio.com. If you have any questions about what we're doing and how we come up with the rules, maps, places, anything like that, check out our website, www.TheAdventuringGuild.com, and click on the Chaos Plan tab up at the top. This will also give rules on character creation and how you can join the show. The more people we have, the more games we can run because schedules will line up better. And by joining, you are guaranteed a spot in this campaign. We will be running lots of different groups through, hopefully very soon, and since we're keeping it on an active timeline, we should be able to keep everybody managed as far as who is playing where and when. If you are unable to join but enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star review as that is how we will be able to get in front of more people and have more wonderful, talented people join the show. And please feel free to share any of our posts on your social media of choice. We are on Facebook and Twitter. For both of those, just search for The Adventuring Guild and we'll pop up one way or another. So thank you very much and we hope you enjoy the show. Thank you once again for joining us for another introduction of the Chaos Plan. We have a new character joining us today, uh, who you have heard on some of the earlier episodes of the Homebrew Review, and I am so glad that he is able to finally join us on the Chaos Plan. Uh, And we will uh, go ahead and let him introduce his hilariously named character. Hey, everybody. I am playing Thrun Bronzebeard. I'm going to be playing a throwing weapon paladin. My, uh, my dwarven stone lord uh, once protected the underground city of Talonart, but as his eyes grew old, they didn't want him on watch anymore. So he decided to take his retirement above ground and is bringing the dwarven arts to the surface folk. And uh, I would just like to note that uh, in case anybody didn't get that pun, I hate explaining puns, but it's freaking hilarious. So he's a throne weapon master who's named Thrun, like a Thrun weapon. <laughs> it's a Thrun and axe. <laughs> oh my God, that is too fantastic for words. All right, so then we will go ahead and get started. Uh, being a dwarf of Talonart, it is fairly uncommon to see you outside of the Fire Isles, let alone outside of, uh, or I mean, outside of Talonart, let alone outside of the Fire Islands. So the fact that you are in Fayport uh, makes you more than a little bit of an oddity, and you would definitely be turning heads of individuals uh, that had noticed you. So go ahead and explain kind of why you are in uh, Fayport. With my retirement, Thrun is taking his uh, last couple of years that he has in this mortal realm to visit family that's above ground. So the very few dwarves that you see are people he's trying to visit. So when you see Thrun, there's usually a second dwarf somewhere around. Okay. Uh, So then 
being a dwarf and, and looking around for your family and whatnot, kind of how would you normally spend your retirement days, for lack of a better term? What would be kind of a usual routine for Thrun? Stop in the town that I'm visiting, see if there's anything to help with, perhaps try out the ale above ground, give harsh criticisms. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so it is uh, one of these such occasions that you are walking into a tavern right about sunup, which isn't that uncommon for a dwarf. The tavern owner is just getting the doors open and, uh, uh, you know, just kind of getting things swept up and the mess from the nights before cleaned. And uh, you go strutting in, asking about any local work and uh, getting a mug of ale because those are the best carbs you can have in the morning. Uh, oh, yeah. So <laughs> Gotta start breakfast right. Exactly. Add a little bit of beer to them eggs. So you are able to uh, get a uh, mug of ale and you're just kind of shooting the breeze with the bartender there, uh, getting a feel for the town and what's going on. And he's talking about how there have been some strange portals and whatnot opening up within the uh, forest outside of Fayport. You would know that Fayport is well known for having strange portals to the Feywild and to Ravenloft Hmm. that open up occasionally the uh, branches of an oak, ash, and a thorn that all intertwine open up a natural portal into the Feywild. And if those three plants die, then that portal then shifts to Ravenloft. So you would kind of have picked that up, as strange as that is, but you would hear strange stories of different portals that have opened up. In fact, they had a planar uke that showed up not long ago, and with the aid of one of the local scouts, they were able to put an end to three of the dangerous portals that had opened up. Hmm. Yeah, so you would know that that's kind of a very rare occurrence, and so they're always looking for people that might be able to go out and kind of investigate uh, rumors of strange creatures, because probably if there's strange creatures, there's a strange portal that led to those creatures being out. Oh, sure. Yeah, you would also know that they're always looking for hands down at the docks. It's not the biggest port in the Elemental Islands, but Fayport does a fairly decent trade, uh, since the Tangle is kind of the main epicenter of all agriculture and whatnot in the Isles. You would also know that they're always looking for uh, help down at the docks and that kind of thing, or they are looking for, you know, the smiths and whatnot. Uh, dwarven smiths are always well regarded. Stereotypically or not, they always accredit any dwarf to being a master smith of some variety uh, or master in some sort of craft. So there's work all over the place to be had. Hmm. Well, in which case, I'm going to see if there's any monsters to slay, as that's one of my favorite acts to do as a stone lord. But if I need to practice my craft, I am a mason, and I can do cartography. Okay, yeah, no, you could definitely... uh, They send you out to one of the local chapters of the uh, Fighters Guild and say, you know, just ask for uh, portal duty, and somebody will send you on a patrol route and uh, you can investigate kind of what's going on uh, with that. Excellent. I'll down my breakfast, pay the barkeep, (laughs) and head to the Fighter's Guild. (laughs) Yes, awesome, awesome. Uh, Go ahead then and uh, roll me a d10. All right, d10, five. Five? 
Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, this one will be fun. So you... Oh, actually, this one will be really uh, interesting for you as a dwarf. So you uh, head down to the Fighters Guild, and they say that... Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, assuming you ask for portal duty or a portal patrol oh, type yeah. thing. Yeah. They... Uh, tell you that, okay, well, yeah, no, that's not a problem. Uh, we're always looking for hands, and you look like you can uh, definitely take care of yourself. So, we'll go ahead, and uh, if you continue through the forest, just follow the light of the direction that this crystal is pointing, and uh, it'll take you to the closest anomaly. Uh, there have hmm. been some strange reports of some tusked-looking orcs, but not like orcs in this area. These are fairly vicious uh, orcs that have been coming out of the forests and raiding local farms. Uh, and we haven't been able to really get a handle on that. So uh, go ahead and just follow this crystal and it will take you to that area. Absolutely. All right. And he gives you further instructions that as soon as you hit the, the get to that portal, uh, chuck that crystal through it and it will hopefully if everything goes as planned, close that portal. All right. Okay. They tell you that it will not be the uh, easiest trek in the world, so if there's any kind of uh, supplying you need to do before you head out, it would be a good idea to get that done before leaving Fayport. Okay. Well, I've got, I've got 30 gold to stock up on, and with the, how hard would it be to take a donkey through the, the forest? Uh, it would be fairly difficult. Nothing too terrible, but it wouldn't be the easiest going. I think I'm going to leave old Wheezy in the port. Okay, that's probably a good idea. You'd be very easily able to find a uh, stable room in the Fighters Guild. And since you're doing a job for them, they aren't going to charge you to, to keep old Wheezy here. Uh, old Wheezy doesn't look like it's going to be too much trouble to, to deal with. So they just kind of oh, loosely... Yeah, they just kind of loosely... Uh, tie the the reins of the leash or some sort of lead onto a fence post near a patch of halfway decent looking grass and just let old Wheezy uh, just graze there for a while. Oh, good. All right. Well, if old Wheezy's set, then I will uh, stock up maybe I'll get seven days worth of rations. Okay. Yeah, you're very easily able to do that. Uh, you pick them up for two copper pieces a day, so... Um, uh, one silver and four copper pieces for those rations. All right. You make your way towards the gates of Fayport. Are you going to ask anything before you head out, or are you just going to kind of walk out and uh, just kind of take whatever get, uh, comes your way? I will take whatever comes my way. All right. They uh, give you a wave and wish you the best of luck as you head out to the uh, portal somewhere out there in the Tangle. So you've been walking your way through there for about an hour, and you've been following the light of the crystal. It's mid-afternoon, so it's fairly humid here, but not not bad enough that you're you're sweating too bad. But it's definitely on the warmer side. And as you're walking, go ahead and give me a perception check. And this is to spot creatures if you have any modifiers for that. <laughs> oh, Bob. So... For the audience at home, uh, Thrun has, uh, he's retired for a reason. <laughs> uh, one of the traits that I took was a thrown weapon veteran, which is, it's a tweak from, uh, you'll have to remind me what book it is, Bob. 
from the PC game Arcanum of Magic and Steamworks Obscura. Right. With the with that trait, there was one that's like Carnival Thrower, where basically you practice throwing knives and whatnot, and you accidentally hurt yourself. So you get a bonus to throwing weapons, but you take a, a negative. Uh, I am basically tweaking that as my old age and veteran uh, fighting style is basically chucking weapons, but my old eyes are bad. So passive perceptions an eight for you guys. Okay. Hey, I rolled a 17, so that's a 15. A 15. Okay, that's still enough. You're veteran enough and have dealt enough with enemies and all sorts of dangers that you recognize the angles at which many of the branches and brush have been broken at. And you can tell that a lot of somebodies have ran this way at some point in the last probably week or so. Uh, Many of the branches that are broken have wilted leaves on the end of them, but not totally dead yet. So you would be able to fairly easily ascertain that there's a large number of somebodies up ahead. All right. Well, I will... I'll try and hide my tracks as best as I can. Um, and will quietly sneak ahead. Alright, the it's humid enough and the, the ground is soft enough uh, with underbrush and whatnot that you don't have to worry too much about making a ton of sound. So I'll go ahead and give you advantage on this stealth check to uh, kind of approach the area up ahead. Alright. <laughs> That was a six and a nine. Oh, no. Okay. Well, then you um, are able to make it most of the way up there. But just as you think you see somebody ahead of you, you notice that they seem to have put a lookout out. And you kind of duck behind a tree very quickly. But that was enough motion that whoever it was saw you. And you can start to hear and see the motion of a predator. This is definitely somebody that is used to moving stealthily and dangerously. Alright, then I'll get out of cover, draw the warhammers, and we'll prepare to fight. Alright. We'll go ahead then and roll initiative. 19. <laughs> and 11. So you will be going <laughs> first. You jump out and the first thing you see through your bleary eyes <laughs> is yeah. uh, you see a orc standing in front of you and this isn't like a typical orc go ahead and roll me odds and evens okay uh i got an odd an odd all right i'm so happy for this uh i i when i pulled orc i knew immediately that i had to choose between tolkien and world of warcraft and uh, you see as you jump out behind there a giant white palm over the face of this orc that is standing in front of you and he lets out well orakai but you know what i mean so the, the orc quote unquote uh draws a very heavy blade, a super thick slab of metal, and charges at you roaring. You can see that he is reaching for his belt and what looks like to be a warhorn there, but he has not yet drawn it. He is just charging towards you. So go ahead, and what would you like to do with your turn? You have first round. Two hammers to the chest, hopefully to break enough ribs where he can't blow that horn. All right. First hammer. That is a 19 to hit. Yep, that very easily pummels into him. 
Alright, in which case then, I am going to smite. Uh, I'm going to sack one of my first level spells to add another 2d8. Here we go. So that is 9 damage plus another 7. Holy cow! That is one more point than he had total for health. And he drops to the ground with a thud. <laughs> Just right now, hits the ground. With my returning bracers, I will summon that Warhammer right back to my hand. Alright, go ahead and roll me a stealth check real quick as you kind of get out of the way and out of range of everybody. Oh, that is a... Hey, nat 20. A nat 20. I am glad then that uh, I only rolled a 5 on perception. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't wasted. (laughs) (laughs) So the rest of the group pays no attention uh, thinking that their comrade or whatever went to, uh, you know, on one of his flights of fancy, uh, just took off into the forest, perhaps chasing uh, some prey or something along those lines. Oh, thank goodness. Yes. So would you then investigate the body? You're pretty sure you can get close enough and search the body if you wanted to, to not be spotted, or you can try and, you know, angle yourself to get better reconnaissance of the entire area. I will. I will approach that body, and I definitely want to recover that horn. Okay, yeah. Um, You kind of pick him up a little bit, try to partially roll him over, and you can see that the warhorn is 100% crushed underneath of him when he fell. But you notice that every other wart kind of peeking your head over the top, every other wart that's standing out there also has a horn on their belt. How many? There are three other orcs standing out there in this clearing. Uh, And you can see this very strange looking almost an eyeball of flame. Uh, It's a very, I mean, you've seen portals before. They aren't that uncommon, but this almost looks like you're staring into the flames of a forge. Just a strange, very oval looking portal. And you don't see anybody coming or going out of it, luckily. The other things on the body of this orc is there is that very heavy looking sword type uh, sheet of metal. There is Mm. also a javelin strapped to its back. And go ahead and roll me a d6. All right, d6. Three. And three silver pieces uh, on him. Okay. All right, so what would you like to do with here? You would be about 60 feet away from that portal. There would be a whole line of, uh, or not a whole line, but there would be those three orcs standing between you and that portal. Okay. I am going to, before starting my charge, I will channel divinity. Uh, My Oath of the Stone has two channel divinities. The first is Shatter the Earth. I'm going to imbue my weapons with destructive primal forces of the earth. So for a minute, I get my charisma modifier to damage on my bludgeoning and heavy weapons. Nice. And if I smite while this minute is going on, I leave behind a difficult terrain on my enemies when I smack them. Nice. Uh, they have to succeed a deck save or they'll be knocked prone and a five foot square portion of the ground that they're on becomes difficult terrain. That is fantastic. All right. With Moradin's blessing, I will charge in. All right, and since you are charging in in classic dwarf style, you will get one round of surprise on them. So we'll go ahead and roll initiative, and then you can tell me what you're doing. 
Uh, 12. All right. And since they are three separate enemies, I will roll three separate times. So then that would be... You would go before all of them. I rolled a 9, a 4, and a 2. So... (laughs) All right. Um, I can cover 25 feet in a round and still make an attack. Do I get within 30 feet or of any of them? Yeah, the portal was 50 feet away, and I'm going to say they were about mid-distance, so they'd be right at about 25 feet from you. Sweet. In which case, then, as soon as I leap cover, I'll just chuck hammer at the closest orc and get ready to wind up and throw the second hammer if I need to. All right, go ahead and make that attack roll. All right. Ah, oh, that's an eight. That's a nat one. Oh, no. Yeah, as you go to throw that hammer, the uh, one orc ends up, you know, throwing a fist at his buddy next to him. You know, you're not sure if it was good-natured or what, but kind of chucks a fist at his buddy, and it, it knocks his shoulder back, and your hammer just goes wide and slams into the ground behind the three. Uh, they all three look in your or look at the hammer, uh, having not quite noticed you yet. Well, there goes the surprise. Um, hammer number two. And that's a two, so nine. Nine, not quite enough again. As they go to whip their heads around to look where the hammer came from, they notice you throwing and all three of them jump apart uh, to create some space and your hammer lands right where one of them would have been standing. So then we will go ahead and start with your turn again because you did have that surprise round. (sighs) Returning the hammers. All right. And I will try again. Uh, 16. 16 does hit, yes. That's five damage to orc number one. And as that hammer goes flying, it kicks him, catches him right in the pectoral, and he gets kind of pushed back a little bit. With two more points for charisma. All right, so seven. All right. Yeah, then it, it slams him with just a little bit more force, um, enough to knock him back, so he kind of has to push, put his one foot down to catch himself. All right, then hammer number two with my offhand. So it's just the D8, not uh, extra. All right, same guy or different? Same guy. Uh, six plus another two, so eight points of damage. Eight points of damage. That is exactly what you needed. And that orc, uh, you catch him square in the face with that one, and it just crushes his nose into his skull, and he falls back with a thud. We then move on to, uh, well, since they, I've rolled basically right in a row with them. We'll go with the two orcs. So they both let out a rage-filled cry as they charge towards you. The first one in the lead gets up to you and brings down that very heavy-looking blade at you. All right. AC 17. Okay. The first one won't matter. That was a three plus five for eight. So that one definitely whiffs right past you as they were expecting somebody larger and it goes right over the top of your helm. The second one charges up, and that will hit you with a 17 to hit. Oh, perfect. And deals to you eight points of slashing damage with a great cleave. Uh, You can see the first one that missed kind of steps not back out of attack range, but kind of leans back a little bit and reaches for his warhorn as he realizes that one swing won't be enough to take you down. So then we move on to you, sir. The one growing for the horns, my new target. All right. Swing. 23 to hit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that catches him. All right. And then 11 points of damage from that hammer. Oh, you are able to catch him in the throat, and he grabs for his neck with a great gasp for air. All right. Offhand. Another four. 
Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, six total, because I got my charisma still going. Okay, six points of damage. And that is enough that the second, uh, the one going for the horn uh, collapses to the ground. His trachea now pinched closed permanently. Aha. All right. Last orc. Yes. That last one manages to bring the horn to his lips and lets out a great bellow from it. Uh, but that takes his whole action, and he kind of jumps back from you. So go ahead and make an opportunity attack against him as he jumps out of range. I will. 16 to hit? Yep, that hits. 14 points of damage. Oh, man, that is... Go ahead and roll me a luck check. Straight d20. Uh, I actually have a plus one to my luck check. Woohoo! Uh, so, d20 plus one... Two. Two! Oh, goodness gracious. No, he is not only able to jump back, but you see he kind of rolls a little bit and uh, is able to get 10 feet away from you. And he's going to move his full 30 towards that portal. And he is able to get right up to the edge of the portal, still blowing that horn very loudly. Uh, we then move on to your turn. All right, I will run 25 feet forward and I will chuck a hammer to close the distance. All right. 21 to hit. 21 definitely hits. And For another 14 points of damage. And he goes down with a thud. That piercing note of the horn echoes in the distance around you, and you hear all sorts of terrible rage-filled noises around you. Okay. Then I will, for my next turn, with enemies coming in, I will lay on hands and give a prayer to Moradin. Uh, heal eight points of damage. All right. And the mountain endures. Okay. And uh, you see coming out of the brush a orc unlike one that you have ever seen before. This one has long claws coming off of the end of it and very large pointed almost saber tooth style teeth coming out. Some sort of strange magics or unholy deeds have been done to alter this orc uh, in this way. And as it comes into the clearing, uh, it points at you and you feel all of a sudden this strange clutching in your chest. I need a wisdom saving throw. Oh, there we go. That's plus one. Eleven. Eleven. That is not... Uh, no, that is one point off of what you needed. <laughs> yes. So uh, at the start of all of your turns, I have uh, you have to make a wisdom saving throw. If you fail, you spend your action doing nothing. As this pain just clutches your chest, and you feel this, this just... It sucks getting old, but this is an entirely oh. new yeah, level of pain. Uh, I'm not ready to die yet. <laughs> exactly. But that was its turn. So we then move on to you. I need a wisdom saving throw. Huh? Ah, eight. Eight. As you go to leap forward and strike at it, you feel that pain and it, you just shut down. And you spend your turn just standing there. So it then looks up at you and with a very great laugh, it, uh, uh, it, comes up to you. It, uh, its claws drawn out in front. It swings at you twice, one with each claw. Uh, the first one definitely won't get through your armor, even though you're like just hanging out there because that was a six plus four. Uh, oh, okay. 
The second one, though, was a 15 plus 4, so that one will hit. That'll hit. And it deals to you. God, he is not very motivated. That's 2 plus 2, so 4 points of slashing damage. Uh, I'll take the hit. Come on. And that's a 12 for the start of my turn. There you go. That's exactly what you needed. So go ahead and do your uh, your action as normal. <sighs> All right. Not throwing the Warhammer because he's right up against me. I'm going to smack and smack. All right. For the first one. Oh, nat one. So that's a seven to hit. No, that does not, unfortunately. All right. With the offhand, 11. Oh. Uh, not quite enough. Uh, 11 plus anything or 11 total? 11 total. <laughs> nope, not quite enough again. He seems to be very wily and able to move and shift around, uh, unlike anything that you have ever seen. So uh, he is able to kind of dodge out of the way of that. Uh, so then we go ahead and move on to its turn, and once again, it is going to swipe at you twice. One of those will hit again, because that one was a 10 plus 4 for 14. So then the second one was 18 plus 4. Yep, that'll do. And once again, I rolled another 2 plus 2, so that is 4 <laughs> points of damage. And I am up to 8. Woohoo! All uh, right. Uh, with my turn, am I still having the, the heart palpitations? Yeah, go ahead and roll another wisdom saving throw. Oh, 15. 15, all right. That's more than what you needed. Go ahead. Oh, all right. Rolling to hit. 21. Yes, that very easily hits. All right. And with that, I'm going to smite. Ooh. All right. 3d8 plus 6. That's 18 points of damage. All right. And let's see if he makes his concentration check. And he does not. He fails the concentration check. Oh, good. All right. All right. Offhand time. Go for it. That's a 22 to hit. Wow, yes, that'll hit as well. I will smite for my last time. So 3d8 plus 2 for charisma. 14 points of damage. Wow. All right, so then... And I'm going to go ahead and do that channel divinity, the second part with Shadow of the Earth. I'm going to make him do a deck saving throw, or he's going to be knocked prone. Uh, 10 plus 2. I think that beats it. I think my DC is only 12. Yep, meets yeah. it beats then. All right. Uh, but it is barely hanging on with those two uh, uh, consecutive blows. You were able to smack him basically once on each side of his head, and he is absolutely reeling. Uh, he is going to go ahead and cast Cure Wounds on himself. So he heals himself. Oof. Uh, for a fairly decent amount. Uh, you see that a lot of his wounds end up uh, closing around him. Uh, some mm. of his, his, you know, the blood that was trickling out of his nose stops uh, as this light engulfs him. But that was his turn. Mm. Go ahead. All right. Hammer time. 17. 17 hits. For 10 points of damage. All right. He is still standing, but not by a whole lot. As you bring your hammer into his stomach, he bends forward. And second hammer over the top of his head. 16 to hit. That hits. All right. Four, seven points of damage. Go ahead and roll me a luck check once again. Oh, nope, you don't need to. Never mind. That hits it almost exactly. Uh, one point over. And he doubles over to the ground, or doubles over when you hit him in the stomach, and then you bring the hammer down on the back of his head, and he falls to the ground, unmoving. 
you go to search his body very quickly, and you don't find anything of note. Uh, just that horn that the other ones had. Uh, otherwise, he looked to be basically unarmed, other than those long claws. Does it sound like there's any more orcs coming through? You can hear some uh, past the portal, but they're still a little ways off. You're pretty sure you can get out of there if you hurried. All right, before I do, chucking that crystal right into the eye. All right, you chuck it into the eye, and you see that it almost blinks as if an eye was uh, you know, blinking. And when it reopens, it begins to glow blue from the inside, and you can feel this massive pulse of energy starting to build behind you. Do you take off running, or what do you do? I do. You haul ass out of there as fast as your little dwarf legs can carry you. And right as you get about 50 feet away, it explodes, throwing you through the air. Um, Go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, 13. All right, then you will only take half of two points of damage. (laughs) Okay. So you take one point of damage as you kind of roll to the ground and and you, you know, uh, that concussive force kind of jars you just a little bit and you hear a bunch of roars coming from the forest behind you. It is terrifying to hear. All right. It would be smart to withdraw. But at the same time, I am worried about leaving these orcs. Um, can I do a head count? Do I know about how many are left? Go ahead and roll me a perception check. This one hearing based. Okay, so that's just a <laughs> minus one instead of a minus two. <laughs> All right, 12. 12. You're pretty sure you picked out six or eight um, different shouts, but you weren't sure your ears are still ringing a little bit from that, that concussive oh. force. Alright. In which case, it'll be smart to come back with larger force. Yeah, I you'd imagine so. Alright, you start tearing through the force. Go ahead and roll me a survival check uh, to make sure that you don't lose your way as you're running through this forest. 17. 17, alright. Yeah, no, you are very easily able to retrace your your route, and as you run through the gates of uh, Fayport, you shout to the guards, I'm sure, that there's orcs a-coming! There's orcs a-coming! <laughs> oh, yeah. Alright. Uh, you see that they all of a sudden they're another horn, but this one absolutely beautiful in resonance and in tone uh, echoes out, and you see all of these like archers and scouts and spearmen just come out of nowhere like you had no idea that there were archers up on the walls and uh, all of a sudden they just like appeared out of nowhere naruto style behind blankets (laughs) and uh, tear off into the forest um after these orcs uh do you make your way back to the fighters guild then or what do you do oh Mm. yeah i think so Alright, you make your way back to the Fighters Guild and, and they, you know, you tell your tale and they they look at you very uh, admirably and uh, give you a big old slap on the back uh, you know, for having dealt with that massive uh, incursion. They didn't realize it was that bad. Um, they pay you, go ahead and roll me a d6. Five. Five. So they will pay you then, we'll take that times two. Uh, one gold piece uh, for the efforts and say, you know, 
you did some pretty good work here, and you're one hell of a, um, a hammer thrower. Uh, we haven't seen anything like that in quite a while. You know, we've got a ship that's going to be leaving for uh, Port City here the day after tomorrow, uh, about noon. And if you wanted to hop on, you know, and head to the main guild in Port City, I'm sure they would love to induct you. We haven't seen a dwarven hammer thrower here ever. You know, that, that was some crazy, crazy work that you did. Mm. Well, uh, let's see. If I've got two days here, I can visit my family. Um, do I know where my honorable, great, great... No, no, no he's not. Uh, do I know where my honorable grandnephew Thorin is? Uh, would you ask the Fighters Guild, or would you know... Would you be recollecting your own memories? Oh, that's the thing. It, it's more of a, I gotta ask where people have seen dwarves, because uh, dwarves are pretty closed off. So unless you send a message back to your family and kin saying, hey, just saying hi, it's kind of hard to track down a dwarf other than just, have you seen one? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to ask the Fighters Guild if they've seen any other dwarves in the last 10, 20 years. Uh, you see the the front guy. We're going to go ahead and say he's a longer-lived race. So we're going to call him... Well, shit, what am I saying? This is the uh, Fayport. So there's an elf uh, uh, archer or scout or something along those lines. Very stereotypical Legolas. Uh, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Looking individual behind the counter there or whatever uh, that paid you. And he says, well, I haven't seen any dwarves in this area uh, in quite a while, but... Uh, Thorun, that sounds very familiar. Uh, what, what's the clan name that he hails from? Bronzebeard. Oh, yes, no, uh, he is in Port City itself. Uh, he has been smithing and doing great things up there, uh, in Port City. Uh, he's a part of the, the Fighters Guild, actually, uh, already kind of emerging from the rest of the artisans as a very accomplished, uh, smith. He's been doing great things up that way. Oh, good. He is... Oh, he's a blessing to the family, then. Uh, all father be praised. I will definitely take that boat. Yes, that would be wonderful. Then uh, we'll see you here. Uh, just come back this way uh, tomorrow, or uh, the day after tomorrow, about 10 or 11 o'clock, and we'll uh, load you up with some supplies to carry to the ship, and you can just follow the ship then to Port City. They would be more than happy to take you as long as you're you're not afraid to do a little bit of work to pay your way through. And that would also, of course, get you the recommendation uh, into the Fighters Guild if you haven't already earned it by, uh, you know, slaying those orcs. Of course. All right. So then how would you like to spend your, we'll call it, it was afternoon, so we'll call it it's early evening now. So you have um, the rest of this evening as well as all day tomorrow and half of the day the day after to mess around the town. I think for the rest of the day, if there's any fighters that are still training or learning, uh, I'll offer to teach them how to throw things. Yeah, uh, there are, let me roll here. There are two uh, young individuals, we'll call one of them an elf, the other one a halfling. throwing different objects. The halfling is throwing daggers. The uh, elf seems to be throwing uh, some darts almost, uh, but Hmm. these would be a little bit uh, longer, more like short spears, I guess, for lack of a better term. Interesting. Well, I will tutor them. All right. You are able to assist them and 
and uh, help them kind of get the the hang of it. The uh, halfling is not able to throw your hammers at all. But the elf made a good go at it, and he got the rotation mostly correct, uh, hitting with the the blunt end, at least. But, yeah, you're able to train them, and they invite you back. The elf, his parents run a local inn there, and so you are able to get free room and board that evening for uh, assisting in training him. I would absolutely accept. Yeah, the mead isn't bad. Um, It's definitely elven mead, so fruity and kind of light, but, Mm. you know, it's free, so who's going to (laughs) complain? I'll still make some little quips, just not too much fruit. (laughs) (laughs) They they take it good-naturedly, knowing that, uh, well, stereotypically, uh, assuming that dwarves only drink, you know, beer the color of the dirt below your feet. Do you see any fruits growing underground? (laughs) Uh, They make several, uh, uh, you know, just just loud enough for you to hear, you know, uh, messing with you, make comments about the mushrooms and the fermenting and going straight to a dwarf's head. (laughs) So you're able to spend the evening in good company and your room is very nice and you are able to then wake up the next morning fairly early uh, and get a decent breakfast there at the end. So how would you like to spend day number two? I will see if there's any other portal duties or if there were any orc stragglers that they weren't able to find. All right. Uh, You head down that way to the Fighters Guild again, and they say that, uh, I believe that they have mostly routed the orcs, and I haven't heard of any new portals opening up, but we did recover the strange amulet, and by all rights, it's uh, yours, but we haven't been able to really ascertain what it does. Uh, If you want to head down to the gates, uh, I believe that's where they are keeping it. I will go to the gates. All right, you head down to the gates and you find this strange, very heavy chain, definitely not of a fine metal, but of a very usable metal, like an iron or something along Mm. those lines. On the very end of it is just this tarnished and dirtied piece of metal on the end of it. You can tell it definitely suffered uh, a lot of that impact of the portal exploding. Uh, So they haven't been able to identify what it does. Uh, would you mm. take it up, put it on, anything like that? I will. All right. Uh, you take it up, and as you put it on over your head, go ahead and roll me 3d10. And oh, give them uh, each individual number. That's a 2, 9, and 5. All right. 2, 9, and 5. Uh, so you're going to take 295 damage. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's the end of Thrun. Exactly. Uh, no, so with the 2... Uh, so you are no longer affected by cold temperatures. Uh, so no. you you have immunity to extreme cold. Uh, you also have the ability to your stone cunning uh, now not only grants advantage, but if it is less than a 15, it counts as a 15. And then one, two, three, four, five. Uh, you can also sense the location of any portal within 30 feet of you. Oh, okay. All right. So you got that from this necklace. Uh, it also has the ungreat effect. There is one cursed property to this. Go ahead and roll me another d10. Okay. That is another five. Another five. All right. You now have, it would be you are encumbered. 
Um, but since we're not doing the weight stuff in this, unless you get super stupid, ridiculous, and carry 25 great axes in a bag, um, we're going to go ahead and say that your movement speed is reduced by five feet as long as you wear this amulet. Uh, if you take it off, it is cursed with that property, but it isn't cursed as in you cannot remove it. You just... Okay. If you are wearing it, you uh, your movement speed is reduced by five feet. Well, I will take off the amulet, uh, and I will explain this is what the, the amulet does. Uh, it might come in handy to use every so often. Okay, yeah, they kind of scratch their chins and like, yeah, you can go ahead and keep that. We're not... You know, that's not something we're super interested in. It's it's very interesting, though, uh, for an amulet. Um, if you want to know anything else about it or clean it up or whatever, you're welcome to use uh, the facilities there at the Fighters Guild or take it up to the Mages Guild and have them try and magically do something with it. Uh, it's whatever you would like to do. Sure. I think I'm going to go to the Mages Guild and see if they can uh, possibly appraise it. Okay, yeah. You head up to the Mages Guild. Uh, go ahead and just for shits and giggles, roll me a percentile die. Alrighty. Uh, eight. Eight. All right. Uh, they look at it and they're like, eh, it's not really anything we're interested in here. But, you know, the main guild in uh, Port City might be interested in it. As far as appraisal, uh, I'd say it, it, that cursed property is really what does it. If you can find a way to remove that curse, you know... Uh, it'd probably be worth 500 gold pieces. Okay. All right. So then uh, that took till, you know, about the afternoon by the time you got sorted through all the bureaucratic bullcrap and all that kind of happy fun stuff. So what would you be doing this evening? For the rest of the evening, I think I will, uh, I guess I'll hit the bar for one last time. All right, you hit up that tavern, and uh, once again, they they kind of good-naturedly tease you about uh, not knowing good ale from uh, good mud water, because, you know, that's all that dwarves clearly drink is, you know, muddy-ass stone, you know, heavy metal-laced water, and just giving you a hard time about it. That's why we're so tough. Yeah, uh, but you notice at the end of the night, your uh, bar bill is uh, a whole three mugs of ale less than what you actually drank. Uh, and you're oh. guessing that it was their their way of saying, you know, good luck and good job and thank you and all that kind of stuff. So it only costs you for a whole night of drinking and your room for the one night, uh, one silver piece. Oh, I'll give them three. This was a great port. All right. You leave two silver pieces on your dresser and uh, you head out then that next morning. So then, do you head straight to the uh, Fighters Guild at that point, or do you want to do one last lap around town or anything like that before you have to be there uh, 10 o'clock or so? I'll be prompt. I'll arrive at the uh, the Fighters Guild a good two or three hours early. Okay. You are very easily uh, able to make through the town without any kind of uh, problems or stopping or anything like that. And uh, with only a little bit of prodding and whatnot, you're able to get them to get moving. They uh, grab the boxes and everything that they need loaded onto the ship, and you make your way down towards the docks area. It seems like the crew is pretty competent, pretty, uh, you know, they've made this trek several times, uh, but they aren't too used to dwarves. So uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, roll, let's see, we're going to call it, we'll call it a seven-day journey, uh, just because I'm... I have no idea. Uh, I've got to figure out exactly how many days it takes there. So we'll say it takes seven days at sea. So I'll go ahead and roll seven d20s. Anything higher than a 15 will be an encounter. 
All right. All right. I'm gonna roll all five of them at once. All right. We have got a 13, a 14, an 8, a 10, and a nat 20. So nat oh, 20, okay. I'm gonna go ahead and say is two encounters. So roll me two d10 and let me know if it's more or less than five. A one and a two. A one and a two. Okay, both of them will be good then, missions. So um, the one and the two, you are able then to, as you're at sea, uh, you spend quite a bit of time, you know, talking with the captain and a lot of the crew and learning and all that kind of stuff. So go ahead and roll me a knowledge check, uh, just a general intelligence check. All right. (laughs) Four. A four. You're only able to get two days worth of training in and water vehicles. So, you know, you spent seven days at sea, you get four, uh, two days worth of knowledge. So uh, go ahead and mark that down somewhere. If you decide to pursue water vehicles as a proficiency, uh, you'll add that plus two to the number of days. Or minus two to the number of days it takes. For the two, you said you had cartographer tools? I do. All right. You are able to... Uh, Go ahead and roll me a tool crafting check. Uh, so your toolkit plus intelligence or dexterity. I believe it's supposed to be intelligence, but I'll give you dex instead. Not sure. Both are just a 10. Oh. So it'll just be a d20 plus the proficiency of two. A 21. Wow. Okay, yeah, the detail of the map, you mark every little island and uh, storm and strange oddity along the way between the Tangle and the uh, and uh, Port City itself. Would you want to hang on to this map, or would you sell it to the captain? I'll give it to the captain. All right, you sell it to the captain. Go ahead and roll me a d10. All right. One. One. I'm going to go ahead and let you roll again and add that. Uh, six. Six. All right, so you get seven gold pieces for this map. Uh, because of how intricate it was, and uh, he'll definitely be able to use it, having making this track or this trek several times. I'm glad. All right. Uh, so then, one last question before we wrap things up: uh, How many downtime days are you going to want to burn up before you jump into the action, or would you like to arrive right when all the action's starting to happen? Um, I would like to arrive right when action's happening. All right. Then we will go ahead then and in today or in for today on the 23rd of planting as you get into port city all right all right thank you very very much luke and i will get you into a game very soon i know uh freud core and uh now you all need to do group missions uh sometime soon so we will go ahead and try and get you worked in very soon sounds good thank you for having me again yeah and thank you for showing up again so i will talk to you later All right. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Chaos Plan. We really hope that you enjoyed it. And since we are doing group games now, we are going to very quickly start getting episodes out there on a regular basis. If you want to take part, please visit Patreon, donate, and you can get in on this guaranteed. We already have the next batch of players getting ready to go for the next game, and we're already looking at the different DMs that are going to be taking part. Both Braden and Mike have committed to doing games so far. So if you want to get in on that action, please just join our Patreon. Thank you, and we hope to see you next game.